Welcome to Waking Up to Grace. I'm Lenny, and uh, today we're we're going to be talking about communion and the Lord's Supper. And uh, before we get into this, I just wanted to thank you guys for for all your encouragement, and thank you for following us and checking out our videos and and even sharing them with friends and family. And uh, I think it's fantastic, you know, whether you're on Facebook, YouTube, or are listening to our podcast, we really. We really get a lot out of the fact that you guys are uh, benefiting from this and, and listening. And because, uh, you know, that's the, the truth should be heard. And so I just wanted to talk about the Lord's Supper a little bit. And uh, my dog is getting excited about it as well. She can't get enough of the idea of the truth about the Lord's Supper. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyhow, you know, I, I think that everybody, every Christian uh, has probably been presented this idea that uh, the Lord's Supper is a time to evaluate yourself, present your sin to the Lord, uh, cleanse yourself so that you can properly take the Lord's Supper in a worthy manner, and that you'd be drinking judgment upon yourself, maybe, if you didn't. Have you heard those things? Um, I know I have, and I, I remember the the ceremony at church and in the building where the lights go dim and and soft music is playing as we reflect on all of our, our dirty sins that we've committed and the filth in our lives and uh, analyze ourselves. Uh, but, you know, one passage, one part of the passage that really sticks out to me about that is that Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. When he said it, he didn't say, do this in remembrance of all of your sin and uh, fleshly filth that I did away with for you. Uh, so is the focus really on ourselves or was it supposed to be a celebration of Christ and what he did until until he was to come and return? And that's what it says to do this remembrance of me until I return. So there's there's the one thing that I wanted to touch on briefly is that uh, fulfilled eschatology, also called preterism, uh, would goes into depth explaining how many things in Scripture we find that uh, that the second coming already occurred in 70 A.D. spiritually, and it was a spiritual return of Christ. And uh, there's there's a, a, a whole lot of stuff that goes in favor of that. And so if we looked at it in that light, and uh, you know, you know, it's not the the hill I'm going to die on for for people, and I'm not going to try to explain every element of it. But I will, and be doing some more videos. And I've already done one, just showing people in Scripture how much evidence there really is of the 70 A.D. thing, and His second coming already having occurred. And so, if it did, and His return did come, then it kind of changes this. But I, I personally don't think that the God's judging people if they want to celebrate and have a feast or a drink in the name of the Lord. I think that's fine, you know, but let's realize, let's take a closer look at, uh, at what they were actually doing in the Lord's Supper first so that those who want to celebrate in this way can do it properly and uh, do it in a, a worthy manner and not drink condemnation on themselves, right? So let's see what they meant. Let's see what was meant by those passages before we put them on the screen and start dooming and glooming everybody and making them feel bad because, you know, that's unfortunately something that just comes natural these days with a lot of teachers out there and leaders. And um, and I just think that's too bad. And, you know, if, if we don't hold them accountable, who will? So let's take a look at the truth. 
And maybe you'd want to ask your pastor about this afterwards if he's teaching you something incorrectly. Maybe you don't want to ask him. Maybe you're just tired of hearing about it. I don't know. It's either way, you got to follow your spiritual calling. So let's take a look at the Lord's Supper. Uh, as Paul describes it, Paul the Apostle, the Apostle uh, chosen by Jesus Christ to preach his truth. Let's see what he has to say about it. Um, and the following directives, this is uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 17, if you guys want to follow along. I'm in the NIV version. And uh, so in the following directives, Paul says, I have no praise for you, for your meetings do more harm than good. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you. And to some extent, I believe it. No doubt there have to be differences among you to show which of you have God's approval. So then when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. Don't you have homes to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God by humiliating those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you? Certainly not in this manner. And... So what we have here is that they were, people are probably familiar with the Lord's Supper, where he, he drank the wine and ate the bread and said, do this in remembrance of me. So I'm, I'm skipping that part because this, this is probably more geared towards people that have been taught incorrectly more than anything. So I'm just keeping it simple and cutting to the chase. What was going on here? What were they doing? So what we see here is a feast, food and drink. Laid out on a table, this was not crackers and little cups of grape juice. Just putting that out there. If, if, if that's all you're getting if for your for your tithe money, you might want to request some more. <laughs> Let's get the feast going and enjoy something together, huh? Uh, get the body together. Uh, <laughs> sorry, that was a bit of a dig. But uh, it was a feast. So they were getting together and celebrating Christ together and what was happening. What were they doing in this church of Corinth? They were There was people coming in and eating all the food and drinking all the wine before others got there that had nothing. How horrible is that? That's terrible. I mean, who would do that? So Paul's, Paul is rebuking them, saying, you guys are, this is just ridiculous. What are you doing? I mean, how would you feel if you called 30 believers together to your house and, and you had all this food and drink out and you came in the room and some people came early and they were passed out on your floor, drunk and full of food and sick and uh and everybody else gets there later who, you know, really was relying on that meal because they don't have much and they get there and there's nothing left. What would you think about that? I mean, that's, yeah, that's bad, isn't it? It's not very good behavior, <laughs> not very Christian like, but he's still, he wrote the letter to saints. So just a side note, for I received from the Lord what Side note, with an additional note, okay, sorry. We're, we're saints that can still sin. Uh, we're, not, we're, not, uh, we're not sinners anymore. We're just saints that can still sin in the flesh. That's an amazing truth, isn't it? Anyhow, Paul goes on to say, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So think about that. The blood was his blood shed for your sins, the new covenant. The bread, you know, was his body broken for you. And think of the symbolism for a moment, you know, of, of this ceremony that they were doing and how cool it actually was. So the in it's it's amazing. So I mean, why would he use food? He used food. I would say absolutely to symbolize the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, because what you you know, you take in His body, it's in, now it's inside of you. you. You drink this cup with the cleansing and the forgiveness of sins is now inside of you. You have this internal cleansing, and uh, so that was symbolic of of what He had done. And then until He comes back uh, to come to fill fill His prophecies bring up all the, you know, the Old Testament saints into heaven, you know, what that would have been in 70 AD, uh, raising them up. And then when we die, we're raised up with him. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know, that's an amazing thing. So they're, they're doing in remembrance until the full fulfillment had come. Uh, you know, he did everything at the cross and at the resurrection, but the fulfillment of all the prophecies has not been completed yet. And uh, so anyhow, back onto the Lord's Supper. Neat, really, really cool thing. I mean, when you think about the symbolism behind it. And he says, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Uh, everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. And so what would they be examining? And, you know, they're sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. I mean, yeah, I mean, they're sinning by by being completely respectful disrespectful to the, to the church the people the other people that were poor and um you know what um you know examine themselves before they eat and drink i mean absolutely think about the picture that he just painted should they not examine themselves first uh like think about like well hmm I think I'm going to go there. I'm going to wait for those poor people to come and uh, act like a, a civilized person here and wait for them and eat together and have fellowship, right? Let's think about, let's use discernment is what he's telling them. Don't be, don't be foolish. Um, for those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. So, I mean, they're not even dis discerning the symbolism and the of what was going on, the symbolism I was describing, how powerful and amazing that is. Instead, they would just go stuff their faces and they passed out. <laughs> he says, uh, he says, this is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. They literally passed out on the floor. They're weak. They're sick because they've been drinking and eating too much. I mean, what happens when you drink a bunch of wine and overdo it and eat too much? You're weak and sick and you fall asleep. Uh, and, uh, you know, I just, you know, you, you come to realize there's other translations that say some have died and it really throws you off uh, because, it, and, and I'm not somebody that picks on translations often because, I mean, you you know, it, it's not, we get Christ out of scripture as long as the translation's remotely correct, right? I mean, they, they get hung up, but 
clearly some of the translators weren't looking at the context because the you know a lot of those greek words rely on context so falling asleep could mean dead right we see it in scripture falling asleep means died in many cases but in this case when they were getting drunk on wine and eating too much i think falling asleep was just literal and i think that's why the niv version put it that way uh, because they probably didn't die from drinking and eating too much um, that doesn't sound quite right i think they probably just fell asleep but if we, and he goes on to say, but if we were more discerning with regard to ourselves, we would not come under such judgment. So what judgment is he talking about? He's talking about judgment to the, the other body of believers, the people. They're judging them, looking at them like, what are you guys doing? I mean, there had to have been just a lot of a, a lot of strife going on because of that. I know I, I think I'd be a little frustrated if I was part of uh, seeing all that taking place and and, you know, hey, I mean, I any one of us, I guess, could have been one of them, too, and just gotten caught up in the flesh and done something real stupid. I guess it just goes to show you that saints can still sin. Um, nevertheless, and then he goes on to say, nevertheless, when we are judged in this way by the Lord, we are being disciplined so that we will not be finally condemned with the world. Um, so, I mean, he... You know, what's he what's he mean by that? I mean, clearly he's not talking about anything that we're going to lose salvation or or be condemned uh, with the world. He's just saying that God disciplines us. You know, he's he's waking you guys up so that you won't be like the rest of the world. You know, wake up and and wake up and realize what this what you're doing uh, in the spirit here. It, it's not they're not in the spirit. They're acting in the flesh, in a in a spiritual gathering. They're acting like fleshly jerks. They were being just completely out of line. And then he goes on to say, so then my brothers and sisters, when you gather to eat, you should all eat together. Anyone who is hungry should eat something at home, so that when you meet together, it may not result in judgment. And when I come, I will give further directions. So he's kind of babysitting these guys here. <laughs> he had some infant Christians, evidently, that, uh, you know, they they heard the gospel and maybe they were using their freedom a little bit too much for the good, for the no good, rather. And, um, you know, I, I, I just wanted to do a little talk on this and try to try to show some people that may not have seen this in this light before that, this passage isn't anything near what you you know we've been taught, and uh, we we should really change our paradigms around and realize that the Lord's Supper, if it's to be taken in any way, it's to be it's a beautiful ceremony, it's a celebrational ceremony. It was for them, and um, and that uh, you know it should, they should do it respectfully, and we should be loving one another. There was nothing there nothing loving about what they were doing. And therefore, we know that it came from the flesh. So he's teaching them spiritual teaching so that they can understand how that, that the flesh was at fault for this and to get that out of there. Why act like the rest of the, of the, rest of the world that's under judgment for, for all their unbelief? So, you know, there you have it. I just wanted to talk about the, the Lord's Supper and communion a bit and uh, so square some things away. So... You know, it's just not quite the quite the thing that you you may think it is. If if you go to a, a more orthodox church and you have to be a member to to take this communion and you have to make sure to get all of your sin cleansed. I mean, let's let's for first remember about who cleansed our sin already. This was just simply supposed to be symbolic of that cleansing. We we take it in and it, it's a remembrance, a reminder 
of our cleanliness inside that the blood of Christ has already done. It, if you had to cleanse yourself beforehand, I mean, isn't that kind of silly? Didn't Jesus already do that before his spirit actually came into you? This is just symbolism. You guys, this was just a this was just a celebration that he com was commanding of uh, and telling his, his followers to do at that time. So let's take a look at it, you know, and, and all its truth and see the beauty in it, see the good in it, rather than making this a doom and gloom and Man, let's start, you know, see your few people in the audience bawling their eyes out because of all the sin, trying to make sure they're extra clean. And uh let's 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 uh let's do better than that. Let's follow the truth. And uh I hope this helped you guys. Uh, and you know, I and I and I hope you check out some more of our our stuff. You know, we got a lot of a lot of content yet to come. We're excited. We're having a lot of fun with this ministry. And my wife and I, and, uh, you know, we got other people, uh, other friends and, and Christians that I'm hoping are going to come back along. And uh, they've had some difficulties and we really miss them. And uh, <clears throat> so we're, we're uh, hoping to keep building on this. And, uh, you know, some of our, our friends and family just like to listen too. And uh, we're just all getting a lot out of this and having a lot of fun. And I hope you guys are too. And, uh, you know, Please, uh, you know, if you are loving it, by all means, send us a, a message. Give us some feedback because we'd love to hear it. That's our gratification. We're not collecting tithes. Tithes aren't scriptural. And uh, right now we haven't even, uh, you know, thought about or even can you know we've run a we've considered taking in some some donations at some point just to help cover some costs, but. Right now, we don't need to, and we're just doing this freely, and we want you guys to have this. This is for you, and it's also for us, and uh, your joy, and uh, you're getting something out of it is all the gratification that we need for payment. So <clears throat> I hope you guys are enjoying, and uh, I just I just think the church, the true church of Christ needs uh, needs encouragement. We need to get built up. We need to build each other up. So let's do that, you guys, huh? Let's let's uh, let's build each other up, and, and instead of tearing each other down, build each other up in truth. You know, sometimes this this could be uh, you know arguments among family, you know, and about different topics. But let's try to let's let's together seek the truth and challenge each other to do so. Amen. All right, you guys have a good day out there, and don't forget we have a podcast. We're on Facebook and YouTube, and don't forget to check out our website, too, and see what else we might have to offer that you might get something out of. Uh, thanks again for being uh, being on board, and uh, we look forward to having some more talks with you guys in the future.